Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. Sponsored by Sage, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker and folks on today's show. One thing, part two. <laughs> How you doing, Ron? I'm great, Ed. From Muppets to one thing. This is, I know. This is a... Sesame Street would be proud. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> What a transition. Well, we started doing this one thing show or the first time we did this was back in October of 20 of 2019. And it was in response to a uh, something we heard on Russ Roberts of Econ Talk podcast to this guy, AJ Jacobs had a had a book with him and he mentioned that he keeps a, a one thing journal. And you and I have started doing this one thing journal ever since I, I don't I, I have a reminder to myself to do it every day, but I don't. Uh, so it's 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 sporadic. I would say it's maybe one or two, at least two to three days a week. That's probably it, about two and a half. If I would count mine up from the last year, how many there would be in total. And sometimes I do cheat. Sometimes I will have like a series of them that just come up all in one day and I do I backdate them one one thing, but I I I, I use a, an Evernote file or a, just a, a document to just drop these into. And before we get started on on sharing our one things, Ron, how, what what's your process for it? I actually have a journal that I actually I like to write because I mm -hmm. figure it, it ingrains it more in my brain. I'm more likely to remember if I actually write it out. And they come from various sources. I mean, they come from podcasts, they come from books I'm reading, or articles, or maybe even something you said. Uh, during the show, um, they come from various sources, but I find writing them out uh, actually helps me. Yeah, I'm sure. It. I'm sure you you probably have a better grasp of your one things than I do. In fact, I was looking back over my one things, going, "Oh, I I was using that for a while. I got to go back into that because that's a really no, no, good thing say, to say." That's a really same thing, Ed. I can't believe how many of these nuggets I have. I just you know you just they drop off because they're replaced by other other ones you know that you find. Yeah. So, but it's great to to go over these. And I, you know, we were talking about this before going live, but I, I, I want to do one at a time each and talk about it uh, because I think they're all worthy. I mean, if, look, if you noted something in your one thing journal, I want to know what it is. It's got to mm -hmm. be worthy. There's no selection. We've already made the, the curation process. <laughs> right, right. right. I'm done. I'm double curating, but I, but I will say this, and, and this might be somewhat in my defense. Some of my one thing stuff are, it's a link to a video. Oh, you yeah. know, you know, sure. so stuff like that. Um, but all right, let's let let let's let's show. Oh, the other thing I should mention that's part of my process too is I did create a a uh, one of the the one and only successful Apple shortcuts that I've actually been able to create, and that is I have a button on my Apple Watch to record a one thing as I'm walking around. So if I hit mm -hmm. the hit this button on the face. It, it up, up comes a prompt that I can then record the one thing and it sends it automatically, not to my Evernote file, unfortunately, it sends it to my, my to-do list, which I then cut and paste 
into the the uh, the Evernote file. So that's that's sometimes helpful that's to, cool. to be able to do it that way. Yeah. So, but that's the only successful Apple shortcut I've ever been able to write. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit more challenging than they make it seem on the demo. Um, anyway, so you, go, you're up first. Go ahead. What do you've got? I just, you know, this is from Mortimer Adler, who wrote the book "How to Read a Book" uh-huh. and, and a whole bunch of other things. You know, the greatest ideas, the hundred best ideas, or whatever in philosophy. Um, and it's just this: prefer clarity over agreement. Hmm. Have a meeting of the minds about what you're discussing you know, and, and prefer that over trying to get the other side to agree, or are you both trying to agree? I think that's so true. I mean, how many arguments have you seen where the people are talking past each other? I call it playing tennis on two different courts, courts. right? I mean, it's, it is, you, you, we don't, we're not agreeing what this word means. Why, what, and then we're arguing our point to the other person, but we don't agree what the word means. And right. I've even seen some some pretty highly sophisticated like Soho Forum debates where they're like, no, they can't even agree on the term. So I'm like, this is not good. It's not helpful as an audience member if you guys won't agree what the term what the term means. Absolutely, I think Hayek said, and it might have been Adler, or it might have been Hayek, but um, you know, first trying to agree on the meeting of the minds, mm-hmm. you know, define your terms and your definitions. So yeah, I just love that. Prefer clarity over agreement. Yeah, like that, like that. So this is this is uh, something that I came up with shortly after we did our uh, one thing file, uh, which was on the 17th of October 2021. This is from my journal that was October 20th of 2021. And it is something that I actually have continued to use. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. I just didn't realize it was that old. It seems this seems still new to me, although it's 18 months in my my process. And that is this what I, I made a note. Next great question. What decisions do you or your firm need to make in the next three to six months? Mm. And I've been coaching people on using that, and the results have been fantastic for people. They say that it really gets to the heart of the matter. It's an open-ended conversation with people. Um, and a lot of times, especially the, the folks that I'm coaching, whether they be accountants and or people who are doing technology solutions, oftentimes two of those decisions or a couple of those decisions that they need to make, the, 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 the partner organization or accountant can help with. They actually mm-hmm. have some input into helping you make a better decision, which is exactly where you need to be. So it's, it's been been a real powerful tool for me. And I even added it to my my list of uh, best questions when I when I do my 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 uh, asking effective questions presentation. Yeah, no, you've said that many times over the last six months Yeah, uh, on, on the show. And when we talk to people, you always bring that up. I, I, I love that. I mean, it's kind of like the book that we talked about, The Crux, mm-hmm. you know, Although yep. I think it's a little bit more open-ended. So I really like that a lot. Yep. Yep. Um, this, this one's obvious, but just constantly needs to be reiterated because, you know, we talk about self-esteem. I think we even did a show on it, Ed. Yes, we did do a show on self-esteem. In fact, I was at Voice America studio uh, in Phoenix when we did that show. I remember it. And um, it's that unearned self-esteem is narcissism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unearned self-esteem is narcissism. Okay. Yeah. I can think yep. of a lot of people that applies to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here, here's a participation trophy. Here's, yeah. 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 There's a, there's a lot of folks in, uh, out in the world right now who uh, are suffering from that and unfortunately have, are making others to suffer because 
of their yes because they're narcissism. in a policy role or something yes. yeah they might be yeah, yeah they might yeah. be in a very powerful position in the world uh or and have been yeah that's that's a good one like that well this next one and i think we've talked about this on on the show too but we and maybe we should even do a whole show about this or or ask this this person to to come on and it's from the russ roberts interview with uh la rob i guess it is um and that is the vampire problem the concept of the vampire oh, problem. la paul I think. la paul la paul yes, LA i read paul. her book phenomenal yeah yeah and it's, it's what's known as the vampire problem and and uh, i have it uh, succinctly paraphrases this is we don't know if we would be better off becoming a vampire until after we become a vampire <laughs> and of course you can substitute in there parent spouse or other life choice for vampire and russ roberts wrote about it in his book wild problems which i know we talked about uh because that was one of one of uh, our, my best books i believe for for 2022 and um I, I just think that 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 is an important thing to to consider this this notion of the vampire problem really love that yeah i do too and i like russ's take on it yes it's true we don't know but maybe another way to think about it is would i be a good person mm-hmm. would i be the type of person i want what's that meta line ed do you want what you want? Yes. Do you want what you want? And, and do you, do you, we, we can have wants about our wants. Right. Right. You know, and that's, and that's a little bit different that we're, that we, we thus far, we are the only known species that we have been able to figure out who, where we we can have, we have wants about, about our wants. Right. Right. We want to want to be better. <laughs> right. Right. We want, yeah. We want to be lovely. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah. The yeah. Adam Smith yeah. Line. Um, well, these are two acronyms. One I think comes from Rabbi Lappin. The other one I can't remember where I got it. But one is DRIP. D-R-I-P. You used this last time. This no, is this is yeah. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. I, 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 no, I can't. I'm almost not. certain you did, but okay. Uh, I don't think I did. I know I've said it somewhere. Okay. Because it's stuck in my mind. But it's data rich, insight poor. Okay. And since we're going to have Doug Cedar, uh, Doug Sleater back on talking about, you know, big data and chat GPT and AI, um, I know he would, uh, he would really like that. Right. We right. Data rich and insight poor. And the other one is fish. And I, I just love this first in still here in terms <laughs> of project management. I know I've said that on the show, but I just yeah. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things in project management that are sort of like that, you know, it's like the first, first challenge and still, still hanging out. Still, still can't get still rid here. of it. Yeah. Still can't get rid of it. All right. Uh, this one is from my birthday in 2021. And it was a, from, uh, from listening to an econ talk by that Mike Munger was on probably at your behest at your recommendation, because this is from the, 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 the December 12th, 2011 mm. episode. Wow. And yeah, so this is we. So you, so you probably said you were listening to this, and hey, go back and listen to this. So here's my slight paraphrase from what Mike Munger said, and that is, capitalism does not start with the premise that greed is good. Capitalism starts with the premise that greed is a human failing, and harnesses that to the benefits of custom consumer sovereign, sovereignty. Yeah. Really like that because it's a it's a dif- different insight, different take on on that. Because it, most people say, "Well, you know, we we start with the premise that greed is you know, does, greed is good." No, it it really doesn't. There's a it's a it's a nuance that Munger really brings out there. It's like, nope, greed is part of the human condition. What do we do to make sure that pe- people do the right thing? <laughs> right, right. I, I don't know of any economist except one um, that's that literally ever says greed is good. 
you know, right. it is a, it is a moral failing and we're all subject to it. And the, the point is to devise a system that harnesses it to make you serve others first, you know, the, the whole self-interested rather than greed. And I think even Adam Smith said what Munger said, but in different way, mm -hmm. the one economist said who does say who I've heard say multiple times that greed is good was Walter Williams. Hmm. And, but I think you have to put it in the context of Walter Williams because sure. he, he's just so direct, you know, and mm -hmm. he's just saying, look, you, you know, why wouldn't you want Wyoming farmers to be, or ranchers to be greedy? If you're a New Yorker and you want to eat steak, you better hope they're doing it for some reason. Cause they're not doing it to please New Yorkers. Right. Right. Um, so this is a little contextual thing about that. I think that 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 he's he, he's he's using uh, hyperbole to a certain extent. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But... Williams was a master at that. He yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say something that just shocked you. All right. Well, we're up against our first break, Ron. I want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. The website is The Soul of Enterprise, where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. We'd love for you to participate in that. We have a shout out to our to Mark Gandy at CFO Bookshelf. Uh, you can check his work out at CFOBookshelf.com. That is shout out is due to the fact that Mark is a Patreon sponsor of ours. You can visit our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash TSOE. But now a word from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. We are talking today about our one thing, and this is part two of our one thing. But, you know, Ron, here on The Soul of Enterprise, one thing we often talk about is the future and innovation. And with our new sponsor, Winolo, which stands for Work Now Locally, the future of work is here. No more resumes and no more interviews. 
That's right, Ed. Wanolo is an innovative online staffing platform that connects available workers with companies in different industries that need jobs filled in the near future. Whether you're a worker looking for short-term jobs to make some extra money or to build your skills in a different industry, or you're a company looking for experienced local workers to help out, you need to check them out. Winolo is not a staffing agency. They are a marketplace for the future of work. More than 1 million people across the U.S. use Winolo to find short-term jobs based on their interests, skills, and availability. Thousands of companies have trusted Winolo, such as Papa John's Pizza, Peloton, and Edible Arrangements. Download the Winolo app from the App Store or Google Play Store to tap into the future of work or check them out on the web at wonolo.com slash soul today. All right, Ron, you're up now. Oh, boy. All right, Ed. Well, we've talked about this distinction before, uh, and I want to give another distinction to the distinction, the two, ty- <laughs> the two types of laws. Okay, Laws yeah. and legislation. Okay, right? yep, and yep, I, yep. I think it was Hayek who made this distinction, but I bet you somebody's made that distinction somewhere before in legal history. I even think it goes back to Bastiat, believe it or not. But Yeah, and it might even go farther back than that. Okay. But I think... It was Rabbi Lappin who who said, of these two types of laws, laws versus legislation, laws are descriptive. So gravity, natural law, you know, like the Ten Commandments, thou shall not mm-hmm. murder, you know, murder, motherhood, that type of thing. Whereas legislation is not descriptive, it's prescriptive, mm-hmm. which also means it's arbitrary, like the Correct. 55 mile per hour speed limit. And Lappin says, Nothing bad happens if you violate it. Now, I'm not sure I'm ready to go that far because you could have, you know, felony thresholds or something or embezzlement thresholds where something becomes a felony or gets a more severe punishment and there's harm done from that. But basically, I, I understand what he's saying. Yeah, well, but one of those those things that that is is part of the law is thou shalt not steal. So whether that's a penny, a nickel or five million dollars. It's well, still true. it's still theft. That's true, which is right. very interesting when you you read about these prosecutors that are these cities like San Francisco that put you know a nine hundred ninety five dollar threshold on shoplifting. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, made, right. That makes that makes absolutely no sense. But what what is interesting though is you, now what you use the speed limit as an example, and this is the example that I always uh, and I've I've done this experiment, which is a lot of fun uh, to explain the difference between the law and legislation, and uh, which is to go to your local highway, and get in the left lane and drive the speed limit. Good luck. It will not be long before you are passed by by someone who is probably flipping you the bird as they're passing you by. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Which is a great example of this is legislation. And now I will say this. And this is where, you know, is there a threshold? No, but there is a point at which you become uh, you're you're now driving in a in a in a derogatory fashion. Right. In a in a uh, I'm trying to think of the word reckless, reckless reckless fashion. Right. And speed can be an influence on that, but it's not speed alone. It's it's also maneuvering and that kind of thing. Right. Conditions. Uh, And yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay, you got. All right. So this is this might be the one of the more controversial ones that I'm going to bring up today. <laughs> I'm gonna be so. This here's the quick disclaimer: the cool. views are my own and not my employers. Just okay. so that just just so here, it should be just as discrediting to call someone a Marxist as it is a Nazi. 
right? Absolutely. Probably and I don't understand so. why it's not. I, I do not know. understand why some, someone can just say, hey, you know, I'm a Marxist, you know? It, imagine if someone at, uh, was, was a teacher at some, some college and said, I'm, I'm a Nazi. <laughs> They're gone. But yep. you can have people say, oh, I'm a Marxist. S- same with the, the symbols. Look, try and put a swastika somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, but how many hammer and sickles do you see? Yeah. Yeah, t- totally agree with that. In fact, you know, uh, Michael Malice just did a two-part series with Tom Woods, and he's got a new bo- book out called White Pill. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the USSR um, and its history, the revolution. And I think he takes it all the way up to present day. But um, one of the things that, you know, Tom said, why, why, why did you write this book? He said, well, look, I'm from this country, and I want people to remember this history. This was an evil, evil institution that mm-hmm. killed millions and millions of its own people. And, you know, we need to be constantly reminded of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Terrible thing. All right. Okay, Ed, I don't know where I got this. Want to get rich quick? Count your blessings. <laughs> there you go. That's a quick I don't know hit. What can you can say about that? But yeah, that's a quick hit. That is absolutely that. a quick hit. You have a, a gratefulness, right? Gratitude. Uh, somebody keeps a, and I think AJ talked about this too, because he wrote a book on gratitude and he keeps a gratitude journal mm. as well. You know, we should be grateful for we walk into Starbucks and get coffee from, you know, around the world. Well, curious you should mention that. And that is, is that for, for, for Lent in our household, the last number of years, we keep a, a, a 40 days of Lent gratefulness chart. Mm. And everybody has to write in a thing that they're grateful for each day as they're, 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 we're going through Lent. So it, that's, the, that, that's one of our, our Lenten things that we do here at the Class household is, a, is come up with a gratefulness, a list of, of, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to see, you know, so, 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 sometimes it's things, sometimes a lot of times it's people, which is, which is pretty cool. And that's across the four of us, which I think is pretty neat. That is. Yep. Okay. Uh, so this, this is uh, from, uh, I don't know where I got this one either. Sometimes I don't, I don't chat down the source, but I don't either. <laughs> this, this, this is a very libertarian thing. And I get in trouble with conservatives for saying this a lot. The U.S. Constitution is the prettiest pig in an ugly pig competition. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's because uh, everybody, everybody extols the virtues of the Constitution. Don't get me wrong. It's a, a wonderful document, but it's the prettiest pig <laughs> in an ugly pig competition. Yeah, because <laughs> and, and a lot of other countries have constitutions, even bills of right but they mm-hmm. don't mean anything. In fact, I mm-hmm. just heard that Scalia or somebody, maybe it was Thomas or Scalia. One of them said that, you know, lots of countries have bills of rights, but it, they don't matter. What matters is the institutions that enforce them. Well, that was a reminder of the, the Penn and Teller uh, thing that they did where they, they would uh, pretend to burn a flag. It, they, mm-hmm. they, they actually did this on an episode of um, uh, what was it? The, the, the Bartlett guy, I can't think, West Wing, West Wing. Mm. They, they were on West Wing and they, they did this routine, which they, would di- they did in their Las Vegas show for a long, long time. But of course, the, 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 the enhancement when they did it on West Wing is they were performing at the White House and they pretend to burn a copy of the Constitution. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no, burn a flag. A they flag. burn a flag okay. wrapped up in the Constitution. Oh, and then, so, so, they, so they do this whole trick, and then they, they pr- produce a, a, a blank sheet that, or that's see-through. It's a, sh- a see-through sheet. And they say, this is the Chinese Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> that thing. And they show you how they do the trick to make it look like they burned the flag, but didn't. But didn't. Oh, that's cool. It's very, 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 and I mean, really, really, <laughs> really neat. So. Um, Teller uh, was uh, played a part on in, in the Big Bang Theory, and I forget, it was somebody's dad, and I, I can't remember, but, but it's so weird to see Teller talk. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's jarring. It's like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to talk. Yeah. And you're supposed to be standing next to a really tall guy because he's tall in his own right. Right, right. Um, um, all right. I just like this because I thought it was an interesting way to express um, that we learn from, we, we do learn from failure. Wisdom enters through the wound. Say that again. Wisdom, Wisdom? enters through the wound through the wound not womb wound right wound <laughs> wound yeah yep. yep 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 just thought that was a beautiful expression it's so yeah. true sometimes in a lot of ways yeah we learn we learn from our our, our failures our mistakes that which hurts us we you know the, we, we don't touch the hot it, stove <laughs> it, and, and well but even more than that is because you know i'm reading peter block as you know and i'm in the death chapter ed so oh good I, you know after the show i'm gonna get some wine and watch chernobyl because you're up but um <laughs> confronting the ultimate finality um, is actually quite liberating Mm. is one of the points that, you know, these guys are making in the book. And, um, but you know, when somebody close dies, I mean, it's a wound, but there's wisdom there. If you look for it. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Get it. Cool. All right. This is from Kevin Williamson, and I'm sure that this was part of his on language column back in December of uh, 2021. And I'm sure we talked about this to some degree. Might have been on a bonus show, though, but because he says to insure with an I something is to enter into a financial arrangement in which you pay premiums in exchange for future payment in case of a loss or damage of a thing insured. If you are making sure that something is going to happen, you ensure it, E-N, different words, different meanings. Absolutely. That, that's basically how uh, Joe Pine expresses it, mm-hmm. you know, the difference between insurance and then, of course, assurance with an A, right. and then e- insurance with an E. Um, but insurance, it, it, it's to ensure uh, an outcome, a situation, a result. Mm-hmm. So he defines it because he's talking in the context of transformations. Incidentally, Ed, we're going to have Joe Pine on the show because he wrote a Harvard Business Review article. Uh, it was last year, and it was about the new, um, n- the new mo- business model, the new you business model. Mm-hmm. So in other words, transformations. And he went deeper in this article than I've ever seen him go like in the book. Um, so it's going to be great to be able to talk to him about transformations. We're going to flush that out a little bit more for folks. And the plan on that, I believe, is April 21st is the, the our target date for him on that. So hopefully we'll be able awesome. to, to make that happen. But, Ron, we are up against our break already. want to remind you, you can get a hold of Ron or myself by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. The website is The Soul of Enterprise, show notes, previews to upcoming shows, etc. 
Our second break is sponsored by 90 Minds. They also sponsor our Patreon channel. If you need to find a mind at 90minds.com. But right now, a word from our sponsors. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're doing one thing, part two. So, Ed, this is obviously going to be a continuing show, which I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy because I got so much here. Um, but I just listen. I just re-listened to this guy again on Econ Talk from the University of Washington, Pedro Dominguez, mm-hmm. and he said, "People worry that computers will get too smart and take over the world, but the real problem is that they're too stupid." And that they've already taken over the world. <laughs> He's an AI guy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I just love that. I just absolutely love that. Yeah, this is a big controversy, and and we mentioned we're having Doug Sleater back on too to to talk about Chat GPT um, and his concerns about that. And I think it'll be a, a really fun conversation. Um, it, of course, in all fairness to Doug, Chat GPT did say that he was dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> I understand why you yes. might take it personally. He passed away, unfortunately. <laughs> and it still it still says that about him. It, it has not it really? been no. has not been corrected and may not be. I don't know how they they update that that algorithm. But anyway, yeah. it's not like a Wikipedia page, right? Yeah. that you can go in and change. Yep. <clears throat> not sure where I got this one. Uh, this is great improvisers are incredibly well prepared. Great improvs. Impro- mm, I'm sorry improvisation requires an incredible amount of practice and preparation. So true. So very, very true. No. And they make it look so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you watch a guy like Ryan styles or, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, whose line is it anyway? Right. The drew Carey show when he yeah. hosted that Wayne Brady. But, yeah. Wayne Brady with the songs. Oh, uh-huh. Gee, it comes up with the song at the top, you know, uh, unbelievable. It's just, mm-hmm. I just, I have so much, cause there's nothing there. They have, I mean, sometimes they have props or something that they throw at them to do stuff, but it's just them, you know, and, and a piano player sometimes. And that's, and that's just, that's raw talent. 
like well, like Robin Williams. Yes. The, the other thing that is, I think, interesting about it is what a lot of people also sometimes perceive as imp- improv. Um, improvisation isn't improvisation. Mm. It's well rehearsed. Mm. And Made which look. is even which, which makes it like in That's order to harder, make something look improv improvised when it's rehearsed is really difficult. Right. It's it's like trying to act about being afraid of public speaking or you know getting in front mm-hmm. of the camp. I mean, Ralph Cramden, you probably remember the episode. They shot a commercial. They were trying to sell some kitchen gadget. You know him and right. Norton. And Ralph comes out and just he's like a deer in the headlights. Right. Just freezes with panic. And that is so well done because that mm-hmm. is so hard to yeah. act like you're, you know, like you're really frozen. And uh, in this in this month of, of March, I, I'm reminded that w- one of the, the groups of my youth that my parents got into back in the you know late 60s, they, they were into the uh, the Clancy Brothers and Tommy Makem, the Irish folk musicians. Mm-hmm. You, if you listen to or watch any of their there, uh, there's a couple of YouTube clips out there on them. They are, they, they do, they do what was obviously an extraordinarily well rehearsed show, but it looks like they're making stuff up as uh, on on the fly, and they're absolutely not. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Well, this is when you have to express something that you're pessimistic about. Mm-hmm. If somebody asks you, you know, how do you feel about this? Like ESG, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would give them the George Will line. Well, I believe in the Ohio in 189 theory, 1895 theory of history. Okay. In Ohio in 1895, there were two automobiles in the entire state and they <laughs> collided. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah. But now, was it, was it Ohio? Maybe, I don't think it was Ohio, but there was, the, you know, we have the red flag laws now, which were the gun control things. Pennsylvania. Was Pennsylvania that had the red flag law for automobiles that yes. somebody had to walk ahead of walk. the automobile with waving a feet. red flag? <laughs> yeah, Munger wrote about that in Tomorrow 3.0. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's an automobile coming. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well... Uh, all right. Um, th- this is, again, not sure where I picked this one up. Uh, Christopher Buckley's y- uh, Yuppie Nuremberg Defense. <laughs> this is Christopher, Christopher Buckley's Buckley is a wit. Yippie, y- uh, Yuppie Nuremberg Defense, which is, I was only paying the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. <clears throat> He's got some great lines, um, <laughs> especially from "Thank you for smoking." Uh huh. Thank you. For Thank you for smoking. They're not sm- They made a movie out of it. It was a novel he wrote. Okay. He's written several uh, novels, political novels. He wrote one on the baby boomers, um, the whole social security thing, and uh, incredibly witty guy. Incredibly yeah. witty writer, um, which, as we've talked about before, is difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might have got this from either Gordon Ramsay or maybe it was Anthony Bourdain. Mm, okay. I just love this technique trumps ingredient. That's yep. beautiful. Yep. That's beautiful. I mean, that's, that's delineating between art and, you know, production. 
It's it, one of the ways I used to describe when I was doing my my uh, project management class, because uh, what I was sharing with people is that it was not a recipe class; it was a technique class. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I, I've also seen Alton Brown make that exact distinction because Alton Brown, when he did, was doing, or I guess he's, he's finished it up now, but Good Eats, mm. he, he always said that he makes recipes on Good Eats, but it's not a recipe show. It's a technique show. So it's about the science behind braising and why you want to do it mm. so that you can easily adapt what it is that you're do, doing to other thing other things that you want to cook. And the ingredients are, are less important than the actually the techniques and i i I actually think that that's helpful to explain to people that you're talking to uh when you went especially the project manager stuff i said look this is a tool set and i'm giving you this set of techniques you're going to apply them in your own recipe i'm not giving you the recipe and if you're looking for the recipe you've come to the wrong place i i sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat steals right into my next line yeah people people love to buy process mm-hmm. yeah oh we sell a five-step process to you know the four pillars of this the eight steps mm-hmm. to that and people suck that up this and you know who said that the gal who did the Citibank logo on a napkin that's right yes what's her yes. name i for, always forget her name yeah world-class designer Yes. And she says in that video, people love to buy process, love to buy process. And I'm more focused on the outcome. Right. Right. In the artistry. Yeah. yeah. And of course, I, the story that she drew the Citibank logo as they're sitting there at the meeting with with City and and uh, whoever it was, uh, <laughs> Bank America. I, well, I forget. No, it wasn't Bank America. Who was it? Yeah, City Group. It was, Citigroup and yeah, so. yeah, and travelers. They Tra- travelers. Oh, travelers. That's it. Because they, 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 they merged. They, it's obvious. It's the umbrellas of this. <laughs> and, and, and Tim Williams tells a story, and I can't remember if it's her or another story, and it might involve somebody like you know David Ogilvy or something. But you know, another ad guy did something you know on a piece of paper or a napkin in a restaurant, and you had the solution, and the boss is like, "Put it in your pocket. Put it in your pocket. Okay. You know, don't be." <laughs> It's kind of bill hours. My God, you can't do this. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, crazy. All right. Uh, this I'm pretty sure came from an econ talk, but it and that is we like it when our friends like what we like, but we really hate it when they don't hate what we hate. <laughs> God, that is so true. <laughs> That is so, how could you like that movie? It was awful. <laughs> so we like it when our friends like what we like, but we really hate it when they don't hate what we hate. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's really, yeah, I do remember that. That was really good. Yeah. That's so true. Um, okay. Uh, we've talked about public choice theory before. In fact, I think we did a show on it. We might've mm-hmm. called it bootleggers and Baptists. Mm-hmm. But my favorite definition, when, when somebody says, what's public choice theory, and this comes from James Buchanan, the Nobel Prize winning economist who was one of the founders of the school of public choice, he says, it's government without romance. <laughs> I just, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Explain that though. Go into a little bit more because I, 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 you've got to give some subtlety around that. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, if, if it was kind of what, like what Ronald Reagan said in his first inaugural address, if no, if uh, no one of us is able to govern ourselves, who among us is able to govern us? 
-hmm. you know, I mean, the idea that there's a market failure, so we're going to have regulation or we're going to involve government. Well, what makes you think government's going to be able to fix the problem and not be subject to all the biases that, you know, behavioral economics has figured out, you know, we have all these millions of biases. Well, people in government are subject to the same types of errors and fallacies that, that normal human beings are. Yeah, I just had this, it was a Facebook conversation that I had with somebody who just, it was just like, well, you know, what we, we need more regulations around the, 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 the train derailment and the, these, the, I'm like, well, no, not really. And if it weren't for the Trump rollback of some regulation, blah, 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 really. So this company wanted to, to have like this massive derailment that was going to destroy all of, all of its cargo, uh, put it in this place where, where it ha is a PR nightmare, where the guy who, you know, visited the, the East Palestine, Palestine and practically was taken out on a, on, 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 on a, a cross. I mean, no, they, no, they didn't want this. <laughs> no, they didn't want and, this. And the idea that the regulation that Obama put in that Trump you know, removed, it had to do with a new type of braking system that even mm -hmm. the, the U.S. government, what is it, Office of Technology, yeah, did, did a cost-benefit analysis and, and said, we don't see any benefits are undeterminable. Mm -hmm. In other words, there are none, but it would be incredibly expensive. The train derailed because of an overheated axle. It had nothing to do with the braking system. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's been thoroughly re uh, rebuked. Yeah. But people still bring it. I still see it. Um, but I will say this, and this is this is a. I don't know if you saw this. There's there's been a political compromise on this, Ron. Did you see this? Mm -mm. That yeah. I mean, this was. I think this was in, this was in the news today, and I I, ha I had to post about it because it's just so completely ridiculous. <laughs> um, so this is a bar bipartisan group of senators, including Ohio senators. Uh, Brown and J.D. Vance introduced the Railway Safety Act of 2023. Ready? Aimed at staving off future hazardous derailments like the one in East Palestine, Ohio, last month. Next sentence. It's not clear that any of the legislative provisions would have prevented the East Palestine disaster. Were they in effect? <laughs> How many times do we see this with regulation? Sarbanes-Oxley, right? Oh, we're going to do this, and then this, that'll shut this down, and then we have Bernie Madoff, and... <laughs> FTX, it goes on and on. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is what public choice means by government without romance. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. All right, Juan. Well, let's take our break now so that we can uh, have a little bit of time left to, to, to go through more of our one thing part two. want to remind you folks that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. The website is the soul of enterprise. Show notes, previews to upcoming shows. Please go out and rate this podcast by going to ratethispodcast.com slash TSOE. But now a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. 
Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now you know that for $5 you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the diamond water paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about one thing, part two. And Ed, I got one here from George Stigler, the University of Chicago economist, who was big pals with uh, Milton Friedman. And I really like this. He said, before we decide which opera singer is better, we should listen to both. <laughs> and, and what he was talking about was capitalism versus socialism, or better yet, the utopian fallacy, yeah. reality versus utopia, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that, that was the point he, he had, this guy had a wicked sense of humor. He said many, many funny things, you know. Um, but I just love that before we decide which opera singer is better, we should listen to both of them. In other words, experience both of them and then, then see what you think. Yeah. It, it, and one of the things, and I, this is not in my one thing journal, but perhaps it should be because what I have tried to point out to people, utopia means nowhere. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was, a, 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 I mean, Thomas Aquinas, I, I, I believe is the one who, who, who created the word and, and it was on to, to, to express that there, there, there's just nowhere. It doesn't exist. This does, nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right. So this is from uh, just about a year ago. In fact, it'll be a year tomorrow, March 4th of 2022 that I wrote this one down. And it was upon reflection of the, uh, the first two weeks, I guess, of the, of the Russian invasion into Ukraine. Hmm. And uh, I, I, I wrote this down and I don't know if I was prompted by anyone. I didn't, again, didn't, didn't put a note, but if you think the sanctions against Russia will be an effective tool by isolating them economically, and you think that we should buy American slash locally to eliminate the trade deficit. It's time for you to pause and reflect. <laughs> Sounds like something Don Boudreau would say. <laughs> <clears throat> so true. Now, oh, yeah, let's put those sanctions on Russia. Okay. Why? <laughs> because we don't want them trading because that'll be, you know, make them poor if they have to just what? Get everything inside Russia? Really? Huh. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. Autarky autarky is not a road to progress, you know, trying to do everything yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a road to poverty. Yep. All right, Ed, Mark Twain's a wit. Yes, he is. If pro is the opposite of con, then the opposite of progress must be Congress. (laughs) (laughs) Love that one. Love, love Twain. Yeah. 
So I think he, you know, I think that it is time for you to pause and reflect. I think that's, that's a Mark Twain. Uh, he used that in, if, if, if ever you find yourself in the, on the side of the majority, it is yes. time to pause and reflect. Yes. So, and, and what's the, what's the guy that uh, Deirdre McCloskey always quotes about there's more to, there's more to the life than your philosophy. I mm -hmm. beseech you to, to pause and ponder or something. It's a great line. She uses it all the time. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, there's one, I beseech you from the bowels of Christ to consider that you might be wrong. <laughs> mm, mm. I, I okay. That might be it. That might yeah. be it. Yeah. Th Cause that that's, that's one of the, one of the, the, the interregnum rulers of the UK, um, Oliver Cromwell or one of the Cromwells. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I think that, that's the line. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, this one from our, our friend Rory <laughs> Sutherland, which, you know, it's going to be right up there with Twain, right? Um, what if we make it pink and increase the price? <laughs> oh, geez. And, Rory. But which is a, a great way to express, I think, something that's really important, which is whatever it is that you're concerned about reducing the price of, make it unique, <laughs> figure something out, what's wrong with it, what needs to be fixed about it, before you go taking a discount. So, Remember that video we have of the guys who bought a bike for like, you know, 20 bucks on eBay. Yes. And they built an entire backstory around it and, and yes. sold it for whatever, 500 or a thousand dollars. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. And yeah. of course that was a big theme in man in the high castle. Mm -hmm. Remember the guy who had the history shop and he told some backstory about, oh, this was, you know, Abe Lincoln's wallet or something. And, you know, went into this entire backstory and then the price just became astronomical. Right. Which is also what they do. They do on, on uh, the the pawn stars, right? P-A-W-N, by the way. Yeah. Right? Is to, they, they always ask, tell me about this item. They don't say, right. how much was this? What did you get? What did you what, pay what, for it? What did you pay for it? Not, you know, yep. nope. Just to tell me about this item. Tell me the story of this item. That's what they want to know. So what that, if we make it pink and increase the price? <laughs> I got one from Rory too, coincidentally enough. Oh. Uh, Rory, B2C, business to consumer, is where people are avoiding regret. B2B is where people are avoiding blame. <laughs> <laughs> Defensive decision-making, right? Yeah. He always talks about that. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, if this wasn't P Peter Drucker, it should be. Um, and maybe he's, I'm just, this is, could be a paraphrase too. Uh, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You sink to the level of your systems. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's, that's very systems thinking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What, I like that. that. That under underlying system that's, that's holding, holding you down because we've, we've done it, always done it this way, or we, you know, or the metric that we, we refuse to change. We have to, we have to, we have to continue to measure number of hours. We, of course we have to. So you sink to the level of your systems. It's a great example. Like why, why, why keeping the timesheet even after you've moved to value pricing or a subscription makes no sense because you're going to, you're going to sink to the level of your systems. And if that's part of the system still, you're going to regress. Yeah. That's why the system is kind of like the weakest link, the constraint in what's mm -hmm. his gold rat, you know, yep. the, the fat kid on the hike is yeah. going to be the pace of the hike, right? Yes. In the, in the boy scout troop. Um, 
which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this this is an old joke. I think I got it from Rabbi Lappin. Two people come in front of a rabbi to they're they're having a big argument, and the first one makes his case, and the rabbi says, looks at him and says, mm, "You're right." And then the second one makes his case, and the rabbi listens, and then he says, "You're right." And then his wife steps up to him. She goes, dear, they can't, they can't both be right. Mm-hmm. And he looks at her and he says, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just love that. Every now and then Rabbi Lappin will tell a great joke. Uh, my favorite is still the guy who's stranded on the island, Jewish guy stranded on the island. They save him about a decade later. And there's two enormous temples that he built. And the guy's looking at him, he goes, why would you build two temples? And he says, well, cause I'll never set foot in that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. This is from an episode of conversations with Tyler, a guy by the name of Roy Foster. And he said this, he said, the best history is written when we realize that people acted in expectation of a future that was never going to happen. I'll say mm-hmm. that one again because it's a little bit convoluted. The best history is written when people realize that people acted in expectation of a future that was never going to happen. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, mm-hmm. I got something very similar that kind of rhymes with that by Herman Kahn. He was the nuclear strategist that the character Dr. Strangelove was ah, based on. Sure. And he said, thinking the unthinkable is interesting. Thinking the unthinkable is interesting. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. The idea of creativity. All right. Um, this is, this is a very emotional one. I think you remember this is a, was, was Jordan Peterson on, uh, on Peter Robinson's show, yep. uh, uh, Uncommon Knowledge. And the very end, uh, it, it, Peter Robinson says, what advice do you have for incoming freshmen this year? They're about to st- step foot in the university. And Peterson gives it this, a three-minute, very emotional answer. So after he says this, don't be thinking that your ambition is corrupt. Yeah. That was so powerful. Mm-hmm. That was so powerful. I remember we talked about that for a long time mm-hmm. after we both watched it. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Ed, I know we're up against it. I'll leave you with a, to- a very old toast from the old USSR Okay. Before it, before it imploded. It was, let us drink to the success of our hopeless cause. <laughs> here, here. That's, that's how we'll start the next Barisage Symposium. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, Ron, what do we got coming up next week? Next week, Ed, we're going to be live from 90 Mines in Newport Beach at their conference. All right. Can't wait to be there. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. Sponsored by Sage. Building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Join us next week on Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. In the meantime, please do visit us on the web at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. <laughs>